Sean Capri, and welcome to We the Gamer Cast that publishes on podcasts and at youtube.com slash Capri every single Monday. Patrons get it first. Thank you for subscribing, hitting the like button, telling your mom, telling your dad, telling your friend, telling your dad's dad if the if you're lucky enough to still have your dad's dad still around. Many of you do. Many of you are uh, not quite as ancient as I am. <laughs> Goodness gracious, how did I how did we start off on a note like that, you guys? I'm great. I'm grateful that you're here. It's great that you're here. That's why there's so much gratefulness and gratitude and greatness. It's great. Grouchy Surge would be very happy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm getting a little winded. So uh, if you're new, <laughs> here's the deal. Every week, I have Sweet Hangs with a stranger from the internet. We talk about life and uh, a little bit of video games. And if you want to be on the show, just tweet at me at Sean Capri, Sean Lake Connery, Capri like the pants. I have news, you guys. I um, There's a new member of the family. It's enormous. It uh, barely fit in through the door. We were expecting the stork to drop it off back before Christmas, but it just arrived. We got a call from our local GameStop. Yes, for those of you who have been following along for a little while, you know exactly what I'm talking about. A PlayStation 5 has arrived in the Capri household. We are now complete. We have a Switch OLED. We have the Series S, the Series X, the PS5, all the too many things, man. That Oh, and the new... um. Did I talk about this last week? I got a new graphic card. Holy crap. And a little, and a cute little mini iPad. <laughs> it's just, it's so cute. It's got a little pencil. It kind of magnetized to the, to the side and all the things. I'm, I'm in a good mood. I hope you guys are in a good mood as well. You're in for a treat today. Um, my backlog has, speaking of grouchy surge, my backlog has, I don't know. I think like everybody's, like it's just escalated. Like this is, oh, what the heck has happened, dude? And for whatever reason, as I was picking up the PS5, I'm like, somehow picking it up, I'm like, because it's like checking off a box. I think that's what it was. It's checking off a box. It's been there for a long time, lingering. Uh, many of you have like thought like, I thought you had your PS5, right? Didn't you, weren't you talking about that like back in December? It's like, yeah, I, 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 I did. I did before Christmas. I think it was actually December 14th, not that I was keeping specific track, but December 14th was when I traded in my, uh, or our, I should say, um, Chelsea and I, we both have a few PS4s that we're laying around. I still have a PS4 Pro, the Spidey one. I ain't selling that one to nobody, but we did trade in our, um, I actually think it was a Slim, if I remember. Yeah, it was, a, no, 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 it was a day one. It was like, it was, well, not technically day one, version one, V1, because it came with the Nathan Drake collection. Anyways. Not important to the story. Traded it in. They gave me uh, a trade-in value and then kind of like put me on almost like a pre-order list, which is weird because the damn thing's been out for like a year and a half. Is that weird? Like, does that not seem right? Like, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, that can't be, that can't be correct. And I think it was Tim from Nintendo Dads. I think it was Tim or Piper or, man, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Somebody had tweeted me as I, as I was taking this thing home. They're like, you can't do anything until you unbox that sucker in the back of the truck. And I'm like... When the heck did I like I they're, they're referencing I uh, when I when I got a Series X from Xbox Canada, we were doing our coverage for that for the Xbox drive because I record the Xbox drive or I used to in a car. I thought, why wouldn't I unbox the Series X in a car? So Chelsea drove me around a parking lot and I unboxed the thing in a in the back of the truck and I almost dropped it. So that's what the reference comes to. And I'm like, but the, this is all about time. And this tweet made me think like, well, that was October, wasn't it? Wasn't that like late October? This is last year is a year and a half. Holy crap, dude. What the heck? I hopefully I hope you guys are, are doing great, even though the years are passing by like months, months are passing by like days, days, like hours. You get the drill. Um, but goodness gracious. Part of the, the reason I got on this trail is because I was talking about a backlog. And I'm like, OK, great. Now I can get to all these PlayStation games that I haven't really gotten to. I'm like, holy crap. There's like <laughs> just like added so many games to my actual list. 
you know, not only the games that I've, I've had in the past, I actually have a copy of Miles Morales. I picked up, it was on sale over, over Christmas time. Got all those, um, next gen versions of Uncharted. I, I continue to love the Uncharted games. Uh, a Horizon. I've been talking to you guys. I've been playing that one. Thanks for our friends at uh, PlayStation Canada. And now I'm going to have like this really interesting shift. I, I haven't put a whole heck of a lot of time into the game. I want to talk about that in a second, but I'm going to have like this, this shift from playing the first however many hours uh, on a PS4 Pro and then finishing the game on a, on a PS5. And then who knows about like going back and forth. What I would really like to do is now just like put my PS4 Pro here by the, by the computer so that I could stream from it and everything. But like Dude, this is where I was going to go with this. And then I and then I'll get on with the show. I promise. I promise you guys. Um setting it setting this thing up. It's just not as I'm sorry. I know people think certain things about me with Xbox and whatever, but guess what? PlayStation sends me free shit too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just going to be I feel like I, I feel like I've earned like the 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 space. I can be open and honest in what I say. I don't think it's fanboyish at all. But if you come to into the next generation, if you come to a PS5, or a series x or series s and you have like a a profile or you have a history from the previous version xbox is like it's not even close xbox is way way better what a nightmare getting this ps5 set up and then like having all my saves like maybe come over what an absolute what an absolute nightmare man so i wanted to spend more time playing games but i got to sort all these other things out and like what versions of games and where's my cloud saves and so I don't know my point about earlier about wanting to have a PS4 Pro over here and just kind of going back and forth. I don't know if that's going to be worth it, you know, and I also don't want to like pull my back moving this, <laughs> this PS5 back and forth. I'd, that really should be the solution. I should just have like cables ready and waiting. But I actually like no joke again, objective truth here, guys. I don't think that the little Ikea shelf that I've got here has space for the PS5 to squeeze into if I were to move it over here to stream from. I just don't think that that's possible. And I'm wondering, why isn't anybody talking about this? It's all we heard about with, like, the the size of Xboxes and even PS3s in the past. This isn't even a, a partisanship kind of thing. Is that the word? Partisan? Um, back when the PS3 was a thing, that thing was enormous. And we talked about that a lot. I don't like it. <laughs> it's just huge. With all that said, my backlog just got bigger. I'm continuing on with Horizon, but guess what? <laughs> because because these systems are in such short supply, whoever sells them can like they call the shots, man. They don't they're not just going to sell you the system. It's like you have to buy another controller and a game. In my case, I had to buy another game and like it, it's just that's the that's the situation. If you want one, you're going to spend way more than just a system price. It's like remember back in the day, parents would say like, "Doesn't it come with a game?" It's like, "Well, yeah, it does." If you spend <laughs> Another like two hundred or three hundred dollars. Good God! Uh, but that's where the complaining ends because I was kind of happy to be forced to actually have to buy another game with this because I had to buy uh, twist my rubber arm. Gran Turismo Seven. I am stoked, man! I cannot wait to jump into this thing. So the backlog is just getting bigger. I'm not making a whole heck of a lot of progress on this stuff. Horizons on the go. I got a code for Chorus. On Xbox, and I can't wait to jump into that one. Pokemon's still going. Cyberpunk, I picked up Triangle Strategy for some stupid reason today. It's not a stupid reason. That game looks great. But it's stupid because I just don't know when I'm going to get around to playing these games. Other than to say, Gaming for Guru. For people listening on the free feed, Gaming for Guru is now done. I'm sure it went great. For patrons, we're right smack dab in the middle of it. I was just checking and we're a little over $1,200 Saturday night at 7.54 p.m. I've got like three minutes before I've got to switch gears 
and try to chat with Andros, who will be on the show next week. Hopefully that all goes well, because I just might have jinxed it. But before we get into uh, all of that, and at a certain point, I might have an update on Gaming for Guru. I'll talk more, definitely in more detail next week, because then it will actually be all done. Um... What do I want to say? Oh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jimmy Capri. If you guys like this show, if you like the Xbox Drive, the Nintendo Drive, the PlayStation Drive, the RPG Cave, and if you want exclusive content like the Pants Patreon podcast for Patrons Podcast, or if you want to get a little sneak peek on like what the heck we're doing next, Ryan Turford and I, we just recorded an episode exclusive to Patrons $3 and up. We just recorded an episode of the Yumi Capri podcast where we got a little preview of what you guys can expect. So if that all tickles your fancy, patreon.com slash Capri, just like everybody, more than 70 amazing, damn, that hasn't come back in a little while, Majin patrons over at patreon.com slash Capri. And I want to say a special thank you to our premium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and the most in- just incredible person supplying the Nintendo Switch as a prize for Gaming for Guru. Please join our team at extra-life.org, and we're going to be raising money for those kids in November. It's never too early. I'm already signed up. Join us. Jonathan Brown, another premium producer. He's the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can download his latest album, In My Element, on Spotify and Apple Music. Our platinum producers, the wonderful Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth. Our gold members, Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, the skinniest of Matt's, Tony Baker, and Xavier Reyes. If you guys want to be one of those or many of the others at patreon.com slash Capri, you can go over there, select the tier that is right for you. I cannot wait for you guys to listen to this episode. This is this is wholesome. This is two weeks in a row. We got we got well, ladies from around the world, man. Hoppy Doxy is here. Uh, you might remember me talking to Delroy a couple of months ago. Um, Hoppy Doxy is Delroy's spouse. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. We had a little bit of a conversation last week with Tammy about moving around the world, getting a little culture shock in there. More of that. So if you like that, stick around. I think this is going to be a good one. And here she is, the Hoppy Doxy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious um, how it came up, actually. Like, did he talk you into it or did, did you <laughs> listen? Did you listen to his episode? Like, how did that happen? No, he won't let me listen to his episode. Oh, come on. No, you can. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll send you a link. I'll yes, send you. A, yeah, you can do it. You can do it in private because. Uh, yeah, no, he talked all about you. So you probably. <laughs> You probably want to see. That's why I like kind of doing these sometimes. And if it's okay, I'm just going to like, this is basically, this is basically it. Like, that works. this is just a conversational kind of thing. Um, I rarely get the chance to like get the other side of the story, actually, because you guys do so much, obviously, as a pair and you've made a tremendous move in your life. Um, I'm like, <laughs> huh, this is, this is one side of the story, which I don't think he was out of turn with anything, but I always think it could be interesting to, uh, to get the other side. Um, but yeah, before we even get into that, yeah, I'm curious how, how this came up. Cause he kind of messaged me. He's like, should I bring on? I think that would be great. I'm like, I'm good for whatever. So yeah. What was your, what was your side of it? We, I think we, we were listening to Marcus's episode and, oh, yeah. and he was talking about, I think some of like Miles's health struggles and I've had a lot of stuff 
um, in my like life with I'm a type one diabetic and I've had all kinds of health stuff. And so I think that was he was like, oh, well, you know, that's something to talk about. And then he was like, you should go on and not necessarily like about the health stuff by any means. But Mm -hmm. just I think that's just kind of what got into his head was like, oh, well, maybe you guys would want to talk to him. I'm like, I okay (laughs) yeah for sure i mean this is the best part about is like anybody anybody can come on like that's kind of the when i first started doing this i was like kind of pretty rigid in like the rules that i was gonna do and like who's Mm -hmm. gonna come on and blah 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 and it's like time has come on it's like honestly i just feel like talking to kind of anybody is good for the show like and it's good for for me and i think you guys are in a particularly like interesting kind of situation now too and i'm like one of the first things that comes to mind too, just with everything that's going on, like how are you doing and how is Europe right now? I know you can't really speak on behalf of like the entire continent, but like sure. how are you doing with given everything else? You guys are in Germany. Like does it, does the Ukraine stuff like impact you guys at all? Like is it close, like kind of hitting close to home? Like how are you? It We're fine. Um, yeah. It, I mean, and of course, like it goes without saying, but nothing that we will experience could even touch on what everyone in Ukraine and mm-hmm. in those bordering countries with refugees and even just the, the fear of actually having the war like travel into their countries like nothing we will ever go through thank God will touch yeah. what anyone else is going through right now um, and just keeping that in perspective is like uh, yesterday we got word and it's been reversed now, but like Amazon wasn't going to be shipping to the APO addresses. <laughs> it's like, okay, well that's an impact to us, but yeah. they've changed it. And, you know, but even then it's like, that's such a tiny little thing or our mm-hmm. gas prices has skyrocketed because Germany has shut down the pipeline from Russia. That's how yeah. uh, Germany was getting all of their um, fuel. And so our gas prices have gone up. It's something like I think I looked yesterday. It's about, it's almost $8 a gallon right now in Europe. And it went up. Yeah. And Holy Europe is cow. really expensive anyway, but it went up like 80 cents per gallon mm-hmm. just in the last couple of days. So, and it's all by liters. So I had to figure it out, but I like. Oh, we'll do. I'm Canadian. So we're good. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was like 20 cents per liter. Got um, it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> nice. So that was kind of like the first impact. But, but otherwise, um, I know. So we're in. Uh, like the Frankfurt area. So mm-hmm. not, it's a, it's a totally different world than like Berlin where all of, there's a lot of protesting going on. I always think of, I'm from Portland and I always think yes. of Berlin as like the Portland of Germany. Um, and so <laughs> I've not, never heard that before. That's awesome. It, it makes sense to me, but yeah, sure. so you know, they like to express um, and protest and express their right to do so. And and that's great. And so we don't have any of those protests going on here right now that I've mm-hmm. seen. It's still super new. Um, and then the things that we do in kind of an ancillary fashion support the army that's here, the U.S. Yeah. Army. And that's what we're here to do is to help support them. And so um, I think the biggest role that we're going to have right now is just re- figuring out how we can be supportive of our family members or our community members that right. have duty spouses or the people that we work with that are active duty, because even if we don't go to war or if we don't get involved in a uh, military aspect of it, it's still very, very triggering for all of the community members right now. Just no the kidding. That they might or even just flashbacks from last times that people have had to deploy. And so no kidding. It's just kind of a trickle effect. When you say we, it's it's interesting because you're living in Germany, but you are American. Like you're, so you're yeah. kind of like playing almost like a dual role there in terms of 
like maybe that's kind of what you're talking about. Like you've, you're you're living with your identity there and your your nationality and heritage, but you're living in a in a country that has a loaded history um, with conflict, really. Yeah. So yeah, when you say like we, it's like well, our neighbors or we as in America. Like what's America gonna do in this situation? So like that's kind of why I wanted to ask you about it because I just feel like it's it's quite loaded. I'm not sure if I, I don't want to project anything onto you, but I, I I was just curious like how that how that kind of manifests and what you start to think about as the days go on. And yeah, it's just kind of wild, wild times right now. As if we needed anything else I in know, the world right now. Seriously. Let's just throw this on top of it. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy, but it will just Man. have to wait and see what happens. I think at this point, the biggest impact to us is, is not any different than if we were living in America. We're super okay. removed from it right now. Yeah. Um, but as things as things transpire, we'll just have to see what happens. Like they don't have you on, on any sort of like list or like, okay, at, at a certain point, we got to get you out of there. Like at what point do they fly a plane over your place and you get to like sky hook onto this thing and just get the hell out of there? Like, <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> right? If we're going to have to, we're going to have to evacuate. We want to do it like yeah. James Bond or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know that they evacuated the dependents in Ukraine a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then I think that some, like if there was any Americans in Belarus, they were looking at evacuating the dependents as well. As mm -hmm. far as us here in Germany, I don't even... It, it hasn't even been discussed as a possibility because yeah. I, I mean, at this point we have no idea if it's what's going to happen, if, if anything right. is going to move or not. But I mean, there is, I do not feel any threat to my safety or security oh, that's good. here. So it really isn't much different than if we were back in the States at yeah. this point. Well, that that's good. I mean, and you guys have been there for a couple of years now, right? Like you're pretty well yeah. settled in. Like you, you feel like this is kind of like where you live and you've got kind of your routines and everything down. Like how long, how much longer are you guys going to be in Germany for? At this point, we have three more years. Mm -hmm. um, so we were originally scheduled for three years and we got an extension because we absolutely love it here. Mm -hmm. And so that gives us a five-year total. And then there's a possibility later on that we might be able to extend out to say seven years. But at That's this point, awesome. we've got three more years. Yeah, we absolutely love it here. It's being, it, the weather, the um like the climate is not really any different than the Seattle, Portland area, which is where both of us are from. And mm -hmm. so that wasn't ever a hard adjustment. We have that kind of there's like a saying in Germany that there's no bad weather, only bad gear. And we've definitely adapted that policy. <laughs> so we're out and about hiking. So, right so, I love it. It's so on point. It's so good. Yep, yep exactly. It's just that's you just got to deal with it. And um, so we try not to let the weather stop us and but the people here are great. Everyone's super friendly. It's so funny because you have all of those stereotypes about Germans being unfriendly or blunt. And they are very blunt and they're very blunt. much in your business. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, but it's taken from, it's done from a point of, it's not even that they care. It's just they are, and it's of course speaking very generally, but in my experience, sure. um, that it's not so much that they're nosy or in your business. They just really like, the rules and them to be followed in their detail. You know, yeah, exactly. And so one of the common things is you'll see people um, comment like if they don't think a baby is dressed for the weather appropriately. And it's not they're not saying, oh, you're a bad parent or you're not doing something right there. It's more like, did you know you could maybe put another layer on them or yeah. things like that. So when we first that'd be nice if that was just like the assumption when somebody comes to you with maybe like actually objectively good advice that the yeah, assumption is just like they're just trying to help just but trying to help they don't think that you're an idiot 
great. That would be kind of nice. I like that. Mm. Yeah. There might when be something first, to this. When we first moved here, the you know, in the States, it's super common to leave your porch light on 24-7, right? Between right. Like, crime or just whatever. Oh, yeah. And Make sure people think you're home. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so that's what just what we did. We just left the porch light on. And about a week or two, a woman came and knocked on the door, did not speak a lick of English. And we we had been here for just a couple weeks. I knew like light, which is spelled differently, but said the same in German. And yeah. then she, was, she said um, the word for sleep. And I, I, we just could not figure out what we were talking about. But I finally realized that she was talking about turning the light off while we're sleeping because mm-hmm. it shines into other people's houses and they're very environmentally conscious here. And she didn't mean anything bad by it. it she just wanted to let me know that you should turn your light off when you go to yeah. bed. And it was just one of those things where as an American, I'm like, how dare she? If I want to leave my light on, I'll leave my light on. And right. it's been a total mental shift now to just kind of, it's not even humbling yourself. It's just taking your guards down and realizing, assuming the best intent. Definitely. Did they? Do you know if she knew when she knocked on the door, if you guys were not from around here? like, Or was it just she saw the light on and she I figured think- she, yeah. I think she just saw the light on because there was no, I mean, as soon as I opened the door and I'm not speaking German, I'm sure figure it out, but but she was super patient with me, which was really sweet. She didn't, you know, get frustrated and walk off. She just did her best to, she kept saying, Verstehen, Verstehen, which is, do you understand? And I'm like, "Mm, kind of. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and then you start to think about like how we speak to people like in English and they don't speak English and you like the things that we kind of do, like sometimes people will get loud and slow and it's like, that's not... Right. not helpful like it's not like that makes it more understandable right. but exactly because you kind of get the yeah you, you kind of get like that flipped experience which i think is is fascinating and the thing too is which is interesting is just last week um i was talking to tammy ryan who's somebody from the uk who moved to ireland and was talking all um, about kind of like the culture shift of that which i think might be a little bit more subtle for anybody outside of that area it, if and maybe if you're not from around there you might go like what culture shift but it's like it was significant it was kind of interesting to to chat with her about that so actually now like back to back i've got kind of conversations with people who are taking like fish out of water kind of thing so how are you how are you dealing just with like the culture shock and even just the like for you it's a little bit more pronounced i would say too because of the language barrier are you training up do you have like an app or something to help you like learn a word of the week or something. I'm not sure how I go. I'd be totally lost forever. I'd be like, I guess this is going to be a difficult five years. Yeah, it's um, so a lot of our interactions are still with Americans. So that's Mm. kind of like a little bit insular. Uh, We don't live on like an army base or anything like that. So we live, our neighbors are Germans. They're actually um, Italian. And so they speak Italian and German and English. And that's really helpful. Um, But we've tried to integrate as much as possible. Um, I can tell you just about every word for food in German and and road signs, you know, like the, those are my experiences (laughs) and you kind of have to learn. And then of course, repetition helps. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Duolingo (laughs) has been really great. Um, And so just, it's it's not that difficult because it's a Western culture. It's not like we moved sure. to Japan where it's a very Eastern culture and it's just totally different. It's not that different from the U.S. as far as uh, the stores carry very similar food and we have Western medicine here. 
Uh, right. The, we drive on the same side of the road as in the U.S. Just drive a lot faster, which is amazing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> is it really? <laughs> it's so much fun. Tell me about yeah. Tell me about driving then. Like, what what do you mean you drive a lot? Is there just no like everybody knows like the autobahn, but that's like pretty specific. That's like one road. It's see, that's what you think growing up in the U.S. The autobahn is just the highway. Autobahn right. means highway. Anywhere. Oh, I and thought it was like highway. one particular stretch of right. highway. Like, yeah, that, I thought it's just all thing. highway. Yep. Is drive so, whatever you want. It, it depends, but for the most part. So there's certain areas, if they're a little bit more populated, they might have a posted speed, which is generally like 120 or 130 kilometers. Yeah, uh, so like 60 to 80 miles per hour. Um, but otherwise, there's no, if there's no speed limit, like there's this, I, it's like a bumper sticker. There's, it's a circle yeah. with a slash through it. And that just means end of speed. And it's like <sighs> that plus... Um, the Autobahn sign equals smiley face because then everyone's like, yes, you can go as fast as you want. Um, so, yeah, when we first got here, uh, the person <laughs> that picked us up from the airport was driving and I said, oh, wait, are we on the Autobahn? He said, yeah. And I'm thinking like how it we live so close to this magical Autobahn and it's just the highway. <laughs> it's really, it's just the highway. They don't oh, have I feel so stupid. Here. I think oh, I had that explained to me at one point before. And as soon as you said, I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's totally that what that word, what that word means. But that's what everyone thinks in the US. I know. You're just told. And so, yeah, you can, you can just kind of drive as fast as you want. And then everyone like actually follows the stay in the left lane to pass, but the right lane, if not, yeah. And, and Germany has a lot of rules and regulations around driving. And so you can actually get in trouble if you're driving in the left lane at a slower speed than the person in the right, which mm -hmm. technically is also a law in the U.S., but no one ever follows it. Everyone thinks it's their right to just drive yes. in the left lane. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that doesn't happen here, especially because you have people going 200 kilometers per hour. And you spend half of the time driving, looking in your rear view mirror, just making sure no one's not coming up in the blink of an eye. And yes. it's, just a, it's just a different driving experience. We went back to the States in November and drove mm -hmm. like from Portland to Seattle on I-5. And it was just torture because no one follows the rules. No one knows how to zipper merge. You know, it's just super. Oh, efficient. man, the zipper merge. Come on, you guys. Like, yes, like this is the takeaway from today's conversation. People should just like, if you don't know what it is, look it up and tell a neighbor. Goodness gracious. Yes, it's funny exactly. that it's funny that you kind of talk about like the differences between like Germany and then the US. Like when I go to the US, like when I go to like LA or sometimes I've driven around in like even in in Florida and some of like some of the the, the busier areas and I go like, there are so many lanes of traffic here and they're all packed up. Like it's, it's kind of, it's kind of intense for, cause we just have space out here. Like there's, yeah. there's like one city and then hundreds of kilometers. And then there's another city like somewhere else. Like we're <laughs> so spread out. It's just like farmland and grass uh, and maybe mountains in between. Like that's it. We're not, we're not stacked on top of each other. So you don't have like these busy roads. So yeah, it's, I, I think for me going to Germany to experience this would be, would be something else too. Which I, man, yeah, I gotta get over there. Well, how much, how much was it like you just wanted to, like, was it already kind of on, I don't know if it's necessarily like a bucket list of just like to go there. Cause it seemed like from, from when I talked to your husband, like it seemed like the opportunity came up and you just were pretty much on board with it. it yeah. It was super random. He, yeah. wanted, he wanted to move and I was like, okay, like we were looking at Japan because he was born in Japan. His mom's Japanese and that's, we visited and absolutely loved Japan. So mm -hmm. that sounded like a good idea. And it just wasn't happening. It just, the opportunities weren't where they needed to be. And he said, well, what about Italy? 
and I'm like, okay, pasta. Yeah, I, I could, I could do Italy. <laughs> never really thought about it. I had visited before. And then this one in Germany came up and it was the last place on my list. I would have ever thought yeah. about wanting to go. We have a friend that we had worked with because um, Josh and I used to work together and she had gone to, to Germany and I was like, why, why would you want to go to Germany? You can go to Italy, you can go to France, you can go to all these mm. places that we romanticize in movies and things like that. For sure. Why, why would you want to go to Germany? It is gorgeous here. And I don't know that we really would have wound up here on vacation um, otherwise. Mm-hmm. And now like every time I talk to people, I'm just, you have to come. It's so pretty and there's so much to do. There's a lot of castles. That's <laughs> kind amazing. Of, but yeah, it's so it was just um, I we got the email that said that they were going to be extending the job offer to him. I'm like, OK, I guess I guess we're going to Germany. Like, why not? At this point, we don't have kids. We wanted to explore. We were both miserable in the jobs that we were mm. working and it really was. The that would do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely if you're yeah. And I'm so glad I feel like more and more people are doing this now where they're like having a pretty serious look at their lives and going like this isn't awesome. So like let's actually change it like it's so empowering, you know, that there's actually a choice and that you can do something different. You can change your situation and like maybe the grass really is greener on the other side. Like I'm hearing a lot of that these days and I'm really I'm really encouraged by that. So that's that's great. But like, you know, I think about like I think about moving. And there are certain, some things are real. Some things are completely made up, like in my mind. Like, did you have anything like tying you down in terms of like, what do your parents say? Like, do you have friends? You have like, you have, you have a life that you're essentially kind of detaching yourself from. Like, so it's not quite as like, let's just hop on a flight, like peace out. See you guys later. There's, there's real things that you kind of like leave, leave behind. Yeah, it was, it was most difficult to tell my mom. um, Yeah. Because we're very close and. Uh, I, I had even just moving from Portland to Seattle, uh, when Josh and I got serious, that was a lot for her. And so mm-hmm. having to tell her was really difficult. Um, everyone else was super excited. My, both my dad, so my dad is a military brat. He was in the army, but kind of enlisted for and done, but he like lived in, Germany for a very short time that he doesn't remember and spent a lot of time. He went to high school in Korea, things like that, because my grandfather was in the army. And then Josh's Josh's dad is a retired Navy officer. So he's been all around the world. And that's that's how he met Josh's mom was when he was stationed in Japan. So Josh's mom moved from Japan to Mm -hmm. the U.S. So everyone around us is used to that military life that travel kind of nomadic and understood the value of experiencing different cultures in our lifetime and at that point we had already decided we weren't going to be having kids so there really wasn't anything tying us down to like this relationship with grandparents that we had to be concerned with from our own children because we weren't doing that and then family and friends elsewhere were just supportive and I think it's uh, we're, we're like the friends that live in Europe, right? We've, we we yeah. now fill this role for other people. Yeah. 
totally. we get to post all of our travel pictures so everyone gets to live vicariously through us. And so it's become, to us, it's just normal now. It's yeah. just kind of our day to day. We still go to the grocery store. We still go to work every day. We just went to Malta last weekend or, you know, in a couple of weeks we're going <laughs> to Denmark or, you know, things like that. No big so, deal. Yeah. Just yeah, Luxembourg and to- Athens and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It was just the weekend. Mm-hmm. Malta was our 20th different, like our 20th country since we moved two years ago. Are you stamping Europe. passports every time? Like, is it, do you have like that oh. kind of collection going? Yeah. No, we, so we collect art everywhere we go. We try and buy like nice. just something from like a local street vendor and then we get an ornament um, so mm-hmm. that our Christmas tree is super fun every year to kind of keep in a, a collection of everything. But a lot of times we're just driving. So there's nowhere yeah. to go through customs and then open borders in Europe. Sure. So there's really, there's no customs checks. Um, and then because of the way that we're here with our visa, we don't get, um, I don't know, like the visa thing works differently. And that's really the point of the passport stamp is to certify your visa that you're entering in on a certain day, you have 90 days to leave. And that doesn't right. apply for circumstance because we're here for work. So we don't get that, unfortunately, which would be really neat. But mm-hmm. um, actually, when we first moved here, when we first came in, we didn't have the, there's, it's a card, like a, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's a card that is, serves as our visa, kind of like a green card or a work visa. And we didn't have that yet because we hadn't, Josh hadn't started his job yet. And so we had the, the paperwork that gave us the rights to move to Germany, but we didn't have what the customs officer wanted. And he just looked at us and straight out of a Seinfeld episode, he says, okay, fine, but no stamp for you. (laughs) (laughs) No way. (laughs) Yes. Keep the, keep the, oh, I don't even want to say it. (laughs) I know. Like a Seinfeld episode. (laughs) We'll just say the Seinfeld episode. Like, okay, that might be a little too close. (laughs) I've told the story before. I've learned which words to use. Yeah. We'll pull back. um, Yep. Mm -hmm. It was really funny. So. Yeah, we we don't even have a stamp from when we first moved here. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm kind of all over the place here, but I'm just kind of I'm really fascinated with it. Um, There's a couple things I want to touch on. Well, first, I'm going to I'm going to talk like when you first landed, like when you first kind of talked about Mm -hmm. all the options that you were thinking about moving to, like there's Japan, there's Italy, there's all these places that are like, you know, kind of higher up on the list. After you landed in Germany, like when was the point where you went? Oh, snap. Like, this place is amazing. Like, was it pretty immediate that you went, thank goodness we moved here and you kind of just changed your maybe preconceived notions of what the country was like? Yeah, I think so. Germany's really flat compared mm-hmm. to um, even like Seattle, where you've got a lot of trees definitely the mountains in the background everything. for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it, that is different. And it it's just magnificently beautiful. Everything is green. There's farmlands everywhere. The cities and the villages are very condensed, kind of like what you were talking about. Um, not mm-hmm. quite that, you know, much of a span in between them. Oh, man. We're, <laughs> there's not many of us. We got a lot of space. I know. Germany's like the size of Montana. So not a whole lot of room in between areas. Is that it? Yeah, it's actually it takes us um, about six hours to drive from where we are to like the other like to Berlin would be. About oh, six wow. Hours. I had so no, it's not I, big. my silly YouTube algorithm has it like for whatever reason, it's all like maps are a lie. And I'm like, what do you I don't I still don't yeah. understand. Like I get what they're trying to yeah. say. Like you're looking out on a 2D thing, but it's a, a sphere. Like I didn't realize like, holy crap, that is quite a bit it's smaller. Small. But you have to. Yeah, like there's tons of countries crammed up into Europe. So. Oh, that's right. interesting. Okay. Right. So we're where we are right outside of Frankfurt. It's like a two hour drive to Luxembourg, a five hour drive to Paris. 
um, wow. a six hour drive to Austria, a five hour drive to Switzerland. It does not take very far to get, it's almost like living on the East coast of the U S uh, oh, where yeah. everything yep. is just super close together. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but so it's just, but it's just gorgeous. It's green. There's farmlands everywhere. And then you have these little patches of towns, they're villages more or less, and everything's got kind of those little red rooftops. And it's just, it's so the best. idyllic, picturesque. Everything's like those half timber houses like you see in Beauty and the Beast and things like mm -hmm. that. So it's, everything's old. And where we live, yeah. the area that we're in, um, it was not hit by the war because it had such a strong army presence even back then uh, that there's a lot of really old historic buildings. And so you don't, you just have this kind of history that's captured. And so mm -hmm. when we got here, it just, it felt like magic. It felt like it was out of a story book. Um, I had a lot of anxiety when we first moved and I, I generally don't, I'm not an anxious person. I don't have like any sort of anxiety overall, but I just became very overwhelmed by not being able to speak the language. And yeah. um, I like to know the situation before I'm going into it. I like to know the answers before Me I'm too. asking them. <laughs> and yep. so just having that. So I had to like put a sign on the door that just said, I can do hard things. Like, so I can leave. Oh, this house I love it. And I can just go and do. And then the more you do, the more you learn and you're like, okay, that wasn't so hard. But still, even to this day, having to go into a situation, having to like call an office, if I can send an email and use Google Translate, I'm going to, even yeah. though most Germans learn English in school. And so, or because of the influence of Hollywood and things like that. Um, there's a lot of signs around here that are in English, not, mm -hmm. not because just, just because of how it's just so integrated now that, um, it be, it, once you start to realize that it gets a little bit easier, but then once yeah. we started traveling, I think Athens was the first place we went to, um, like on an airplane when we, after we moved, it was right. It was in February, right before COVID started. If we were just starting to see people put masks on at the airport, but we weren't, you know, that kind of like, you didn't know what it was. It was just mm -hmm. something happening somewhere else. And, um, but we went to Athens and even though it was February, it was warm, we wore shorts. And then you go to the Parthenon and the Acropolis is just this huge ruin that you've only read about in storybooks. And here it is before your eyes. Like it just, it didn't feel real. It felt as foreign as Zeus as a god, right? Right. Who we know isn't real and is from a storybook. But we also put things like the Parthenon in that same realm but it's real and these things existed. And to be able to see that just really cemented, like, this is cool. This is what, this is what we're here for is to experience these things that most people only get to read about. Definitely. Or maybe wait, you know, 30, 40 years after they really wanted to do it and they're kind of in yeah. retirement. That's when they do the Europe thing. Mm -hmm. Like that kind of stuff is super interesting to me. Like, and you brought up COVID and I wanted to ask you about that. Cause you're talking about like, just like crossing borders and not have to worry about that. And it does make me miss, um, there was once upon a time, there was a, a situation where you like Canadians could go to the U S and Americans to, to Canada. Like it was the same thing. Like you didn't have to show yeah, a passport. You didn't have at one to point. have a passport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just driver's license. And for that reason, I think a lot of people like my age and maybe older, like never really got one. Cause like the only place they would ever really go is Canada in the U S if you were kind of close yeah. to the border. And that was, and that was really it. And it's like you just kind of describing the way Europe is. It's it's interesting because it seems so progressive, but it's actually like we were there before. We've kind of regressed from that. Yeah. Um, 
which I don't know, like, I don't even know how I feel about it. But it, when I just look at how freely you're able to go in Europe, it's like there is something nice about that, that it's just like maybe a little bit more unified, a little bit more just like just come see an experience, like whether you're a tourist or like you're somebody who actually like lives there and you you were born and raised, it kind of doesn't really matter. You're able to do all that. But where I guess I'm going with this is I was thinking the whole time you're you're freely going from country to country, but it's been a pandemic basically the entire mm-hmm. time you were there, as you just mentioned, like just kind of like just after. Yep. So how has that impacted like like Italy? I think we the world was watching Italy at one point in time, just yep. like everybody seemed like there's like three videos that went around. So everybody assumes the entire country is just all living in apartment buildings, singing right. songs to each other. <laughs> of course, that's how. Yep. Right. Like that, we, all, we all know the video that we're talking about here. Um <laughs> But yeah, like, how has that been, like, in terms of being able to go out and about and stuff? Like, has it, yeah, like, how has that been? So Germany took, a, and you may even remember from the news, because they were kind of put on a pedestal very early mm-hmm. on, because we had very low death rates, very low hospitalization rates. And a lot of that was because they acted very quickly. So we have been wearing masks indoors since April of 2019. There's never once been a time where we have not had to wear masks indoors since then. Um, And they actually just three weeks ago now, I think they just bumped up the mask requirement. So now we have to wear an FFP2 mask or an N95 in stores. And so there's some other like give and take with that. It's not quite that direct, but Mm -hmm. um, they've been they've been very rigid and very strict in their roles. And so we were, even though we've gone to 20 countries since we've been here, eight months of that, we were totally grounded. We could not leave the country because the borders were closed. And so that really impacted things. And then you are just kind of watching like these maps, I guess, of, you know, these little hot spots and they're just kind of trickling and getting closer and closer to where you live. Germany is really great about data. There's, it's the Robert, I'm going to say it wrong, but Koch, I think, is the last, Mm -hmm. it's like KOCH Institute. And they've been so good about gathering data that the rest of the world has kind of used that as a benchmark. And that's been really great because we've had good resources to go and look and say, okay, well, here are the numbers in this place, in this place. And should we, should we change our travel plans? Should we go here or here? I'm, I'm a type one diabetic. So we have to be careful with my health because it could be, um, you know, God forbid, deadly if I were to get COVID and thank goodness we have not been, you know, because we've been really good, I think. And some of that is just luck um, because we have been traveling, but we've been able to stay fairly safe, the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been, I have be- gotten an education in foreign travel for sure. I know my geography a lot better than I did because you have to look <laughs> at the map constantly and Um, every single country has their own entrance requirements. So you have to look before you go somewhere, what are the requirements to get in? And then if you're coming from that area, what are the requirements to come back into Germany? So what are examples of that? Like what kind of requirements do some countries do? So uh, to come back into Germany, anyone coming into Germany without a like life or death reason to do so has to be vaccinated. So if you wanted to come to visit as a tourist, you have to have both your initial and second vaccination. And then if you wanted to, say, go eat at a restaurant, they have different levels in Germany. And I think our restaurants right now are what's called 2G+, which means either vaccinated or recovered and either a booster shot or a negative antigen test. So it's it's like double safe. And so a lot of that would be if you want to go to France – you would have to register 
and do a passenger locator form and upload the copies of your vaccines in order to go. And then you have to show every time you want to go inside a restaurant or stay at a hotel. If you mm-hmm. want to get on an airplane, you have to do the same. Some countries require a negative antigen test. I don't remember where it was we went, but we had to have within 48 hours of when we landed, we had to have a, a negative antigen test. But those are very easy to get in Germany and free, thankfully. Um, free. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. They actually required it. They've been moving toward a required vaccine and they have not passed it yet. I think Austria is the only one that's passed it so far that they're requiring their citizens to get vaccinated. But Germany Mm -hmm. has done just about everything else they can to make life very inconvenient for people that are unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Like they can't go to restaurants um, right now. But what's the what's the reception of that? Because I feel like in North America, maybe there's a different kind of like take on this or maybe a not just not, not different because it's it's just varied. But I don't right. know. Is there more of a unified front against covid over there or is it do you get a sense of like, do you have freedom convoys? A bit cases of what I'm asking. No, no. <laughs> um, so I can't necessarily speak in turn on that because I don't speak German. So I don't follow the German news. Mm. So mm-hmm. I'm, I am in my own little world and I have to like recognize that, that I, but in my experience, like I've never seen a Karen at the grocery store because she doesn't <laughs> want to put on a mask. Never yeah. once. Yeah. Um, there, there's plenty of protests, certainly against the vaccine mandates. Um, yeah. And I think that, that spans both sides, whether you're pro vaccine or not, a lot of people are against a, a mandatory thing. So I think that's well have- said. I honestly don't think anybody has really expressed it in that way. And I'm happy that you did because I think you can be, um, I think you can be pro vaccine and anti vaccine mandate. Like, I think yeah, that's absolutely. an, I think that's interesting. I think there's more interesting kind of conversations to be had there than maybe people might give it immediate thought. Cause people think you're against max vaccine mandate. That means you're against the vaccine. That's like, that's not right. necessarily what people are saying. I think that's interesting. Yeah. And, and it's of course such a nuanced discussion because totally. of how, being vaccinated may protect other people that can't be vaccinated, things like that. But but in the end, yeah, I think that a lot of people here support the freedom of choice for something like that for your own personal um, medical decision. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely been protests. I know that there's, a, you know, of course, COVID fatigue where people are getting tired oh, yeah. of wearing masks and uh, things like that. But for the most part, yes, everyone was super... Uh, so... I don't know if this is like too political or whatever, but one of my favorite quotes with all of this COVID stuff is that the worst mistake they made was telling Americans that wearing masks was to benefit other people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wearing a mask was to benefit you. No one would have had an Mm -hmm. issue. Mm -hmm. And I, and I think that you see that in cultures like Japan and in Europe where everyone's happy to do it to help because it's for the greater good. It's not, you live in service of others for sure. Yeah. And so there's definitely a lot more of that here than I've experienced going back or just like, you know, seeing these meltdowns at Costco from these like old white women. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Maybe here. they just need Sundays. Maybe things just because uh, I remember talking to Josh last time, like yeah. things are closed on Sunday. Like it just changes the pace. Like maybe we just need a break, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we just Sunday need to slow down a little bit day. over here. It's, Sunday it's, is family day. Yeah. And I think that really has been the biggest cultural adjustment for us yeah. because before Sundays were we'd go to church, we'd go to Costco, we'd go to the grocery store, and then we'd like go home and watch football, right? Like the American life. <laughs> and now 
we have to find time to do our errands that on, on other days and yeah. that frees up Sunday to just relax and like mm-hmm. kind of gather yourself for the rest of the week. And it's a huge adjustment. Like restaurants are still open. Museums are open. Um, you know, cultural center, movie theaters, things like that are still open, but yeah. you can't do any errands. You can't go to the hardware store. You can't mm-hmm. go to the grocery store. And that really does kind of shift the way that you do things. Now it makes things a little bit more complicated because on Monday evening after I've worked all day, I don't want to go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> but I've also had all of Sunday to relax. You know, we went and hiked our eight miles today and um, you know, we're gonna order food and we're just gonna be relaxed. And so that part's really nice. But that is a huge coming from the land of 24-7, um going to like 12 6 or whatever, <laughs> like, you know, because yeah. Stores close at like six or seven o'clock here as well. So mm-hmm. it's it, there's no 24 hour grocery store that I'm aware of other than like a gas station. Sure. Yeah. No, we're definitely getting a bit of a sense of that. You know, I, um, I ordered something from Best Buy and I planned on, um, running over to pick it up the other night and looked online and they're like, it's closed. It's seven o'clock. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck? And I, I kind of got a little angry about it. Like I was not yeah. expecting this, but COVID is kind of like forces back probably like yeah. 25 years because that definitely was was the case before until like this person realized that you can do more business if you're open longer and then the next person was like well they're doing it then we're doing it and then everything is is yeah. lost yeah, but the joneses but the problem is as soon as you just said we did our eight mile hike today i went in my head i heard that and i went oh yeah it's sunday today like i don't even know what day it is right. most times yep. like that's how just you know, rat race, the whole thing is, is because yeah. you wake up somewhere and you're like, I literally don't even know what day it is. So to have that just like cultural reset, I would say it's kind of the same idea that some people are going for, like with a four day work week. It's yes. just like that, that extra day, it, it will put extra pressure on those four days is trying to take a five day work week and smashing that into a four day kind of thing. But there's gotta be a benefit to it. Like I'm, this is what I mean when we were, t- when we were talking about it at the start, like there's empowerment and just kind of going, there's another way, you know, and like actually mm-hmm. going after it and discovering it. I think that's, man, I'm, that's it. We're moving to Germany. Like I just, <laughs> I, I want to get back to, um, you had mentioned that there, the commonality between your family and Josh's family was like that there's a, yeah. there's sort of like a military kind of connection as well. And that um, maybe cr- created a, a situation where both of you were pretty adaptable and kind of knew what that nomadic kind of lifestyle was like. I'm curious, like, is that kind of the key connecting point when you guys first kind of met when you realized like, oh, yeah, we we both have this in, in common or what was it that kind of first got you guys going when you when you met each other? So I actually I don't know that I've always been like kind of wanting to travel and, and see and do. Um, but I don't know that that's what Josh's experience was growing up mm-hmm. with, you know, it, it it was just him and his mom, his sister's quite a bit older. So she moved out of the house pretty early on. So they kind of stayed put after his dad retired um, and went into federal service. But that is actually what brought us together is that we both work together. So we, right. I was in Portland and he was in um, Seattle, but we entered into this like same intern program together and that's how we got to know each other and be friends and so that was really the commonality um but then we quickly realized that we had to make that 
like the last thing that we had mm. in common. No one wants to talk about work all the time. Let's talk and, about that more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm so much the type that like, I like to talk things through and I can hyper-focus. I can be a workaholic. And Josh is the type of person that's just like, I'm done. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't have to think about this until I clock back in. Yeah. And so it was a good balance of trying to coordinate that. And we had this role. So we were working in Auburn, but living in Bremerton. So we had to cross the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It was like a 45-minute commute. We had this rule that anytime we were on this side of the bridge, like home side, we didn't talk about work. And anytime we were on the mm. other side of the bridge, it was okay to talk about work. And that was like a really good boundary for both Literal of boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Because I needed to talk about it. I needed to get it off my chest, but he mm -hmm. also needed to let it go and, yes. and just, you know, let go and let God until he had to come back to work the next day, especially mm -hmm. later on when we became just so it, it was just a really toxic workplace. So that was a big commonality. Um, and then actually video games became like a, a thing that kept us together because we were in a long distance relationship for the first year. And so when he first came to visit me in Portland, he brought an Xbox with him and he's like, this is yours now and we're going to yes. play. <laughs> so it was like, it was a 360. And I, I always loved playing video games when I was a kid. Like, um, I, I remember when I was in college, I saved my money up and bought a Wii and it was my mm -hmm. very, or not a Wii, a, a GameCube. I'm not that young, a GameCube. And, <laughs> um, we, we got the, you know, my, my friends, my roommates and stuff, we'd always play GameCube and stuff. So I was familiar with game, with video games, but nothing like what he played. And so we yeah. played, um, Castle Crashers That's the um, best. and it was so great. I love giraffes. I have a, a big giraffe tattooed on my forearm. And Josh has a Nintendo tattoo and he got the little Castle Crashers giraffe on as part of his. Oh, Nintendo. I love it. Not technically Nintendo as part of his tattoo to kind of like represent that time in our lives. Um, but yeah, so we would just like put on headphones and it, it would allow us to talk and have that connection, even mm -hmm. though we were hours apart. And, you know, his roommates would play with us too. And then we played... I don't even remember it, like, but I remember it was super fun, the one versus 100 when that was that a thing. That game is awesome. That was so much fun. So we'd like both mm -hmm. get on at whatever, like six o'clock at night, every time it was on and we'd play. And so that was like really something that brought us together, which was really cool because we could sit and do this thing that it didn't require skill or anything like castle crashers. I could just sit and mash buttons and Button collect mash for things sure. and, and then him and his roommates could go like kill the bad guys. And I would just like eat the stuff that was around or whatever. And <laughs> he yelled at because I needed to fight more if I was going to actually pick up all of the good stuff. But <laughs> that's awesome though. Like it's, it's so funny. There's so many different kind of stories like that kind of around the world. Usually what I hear is like, we played world of Warcraft together for a thousand hours or something like that. And it's just yeah, like, there's, yeah. there's this other end of the spectrum. That's just like, it, it's just a thing. It's, it's like, you know, you, you can, it's almost like just playing like board games, but you're, of course, you're not yeah. at the same table anymore. Right. You're able to or, just, or it's a reason to come together and chat. Yeah. It's just yeah. something to do together that you guys can talk about and you don't have to totally focus on the game, but you're also not like 
staring at your ceiling, talking on the phone like you're in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Flashbacks. Oh, my God. I know. Amazing. I know. Um, now they text, right? <laughs> oh, man. I got my first FaceTime in a long time yesterday. I was out I was out skiing with uh, with my son and um, and good friend Jonathan Brown hits me up with a face. I'm like, man, this is good. I haven't like seen somebody's face on this thing in a while, even though I do this. It's like, right. I don't know, for, for whatever reason, the FaceTime was very special. Um but how did you feel about like just like him just dropping off? And it's not like you were like asking, were you like dropping hints or something like, oh, I'd really like an Xbox or something like he just shows up and goes like here. Like that wasn't imposing to you or like I like video games. Therefore, you will have this and this is going to no. be what we do. No, yeah. it was, I was actually I think it was more like that's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't like imposing at all. And I think some of it, and I don't, you know, this was almost 13 years ago now. So I don't remember wow. all of the details, but it was, I think it was some of it was also like, I'm going to be here this weekend. So I want something to play as well. For um, sure. For sure. So it, was, it was, but it wasn't ever like, this is my Xbox and I'm leaving it here. It was here. I got you this mm -hmm. and we're going to play it together. But it wasn't like forceful or anything like that. It was, I think I, I had a Wii, I think, too. I think I had it at that point um, with me as well to play. So I was still playing video games, just casual, like a lot of Lego and yes oh and things yes like, and so. literally that's been my year so far is lego games and guitar hero my kids recently i don't even know how it came up they said something that like triggered my brain like well i'm busting out guitar hero and rock band oh, yeah. here so we're playing that and it is it's the best and my first i think the first game i i, I completed this year was lego star wars so i mm -hmm. am all about that i love those lego games we what about just, now oh sorry go ahead oh i was just gonna say we were just talking i think yesterday about guitar hero and the balance between there's like the point where you you start drinking and you get better and then exactly. there's just like the point of no return and you just have to walk away because you're done it's the you're true rock it. it's the true rock star experience like you yeah. play a little better you have a couple of drinks and then you're you know you're you're, you're the nice story. And relaxed. You're not too worried about it. Yep, hitting all the buttons, and then you're just missing everything. That was literally my thought as I was playing with my kids. I'm like, I'm way more sober than I than I was the last time I played yep. this game. And that is to say, completely sober, not even just yeah, just a little, just a little sip of daddy's grandpa's cough syrup over here. That's so funny. So so yeah, like, what are you playing? Are you playing anything now? And also, like, Delroy's got like he's got Josh's got this um, backtracker thing that he's leading up with yeah. our community. He's he's kind of into that. Has he has he roped you into into um, catching up with some of the games that the community is playing at all? Um, he talks to me about it, and like I like to ask and and find out where things are. Um, but he's really good about just telling me about the games, and I think that helps too, so he can kind of talk through it before everyone meets and mm -hmm. kind of bounce ideas off of it and stuff. Um, but I, I have a, um, a home-based business is what they call it, but I'm, I make crafts and I'm super, yes. super busy. So I haven't had a lot of time to play, but like every time we travel, I am obsessed with Picross. And this last time I actually started playing color Picross, which is just mind-blowingly amazing <laughs> i didn't even know it was available and now i'm learning to play it in a whole different way but i really like puzzle games mm -hmm. um, and then i fell off of it really hard but was absolutely obsessed with animal crossing when it came out that was i got my own switch so i could play and really like that and then josh and i actually we finished uh it takes two 
Yes, um, I haven't even played that yet. Goodness gracious. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. Is it? I loved it. I And so when we go hiking, we listen to video game podcasts. And that's like my exposure to all of the different games because I don't play them myself. Right. But, um, but listening to everyone talking about it, everything people said was true. Like I, every single different level is a different mechanic and it's not hard as a casual gamer. I could figure it out. And I don't know if I just got lucky because I picked the girl and some of the stuff she had to do was easier or if it's just not that difficult, I, I'm not sure, but um, there's not a lot of aiming and I'm really, really bad at like shooting games and aiming and camera control and stuff that just, it's no good. So, but you have a, you have a sign on your wall somewhere that says you can do hard things. That's like my big <laughs> yeah. takeaway from today. And it yes. really resonated with me because I was literally saying that to my son yesterday. Um, he was, we took, we took him skiing and he's, I told him about like the T-bar. Do you know what a T-bar is when you go up the, when you go up the hill and it's kind of like a thing that sits on your butt and pulls you up. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It kind of freaked him out a little bit. Like he didn't even know what it was. And he says, that sounds really hard. And this has been a thing that he's been saying a lot. And the notion of you can do hard things. Yeah. I love that. Like just having that like a collection of experiences you have in your back pocket. Like I've done this before or I've done something that I hadn't done before in the past. I think that is really, really powerful. But that's a bit of a, an aside. How are you guys listening to video game podcasts on your on your hikes? Is it like a little speaker you've got going on or like wireless earbuds? I'm curious about that. I so was we've expecting got, that. Yes, that the Apple AirPods and then yeah. we just each, each, each have one. one. Yeah. So it works Man, out really well. Sharing music. I remember like back in the day, like going on the bus and sharing an earbud with together. a friend. Oh, yeah. You're like right next to each other. You'd have to like flip it around. You're like, how do we do this one? Which is the right one for you? Like that. <laughs> that takes me back quite a bit, actually. Um, it reminds me a lot of even just the way you guys are. Reminds me a lot of my wife and I actually where I'm kind of the obsessive one. But we're kind of flipped it in other ways. I think you and I are very similar in like the over maybe overthinking, over planning, wanting to make sure like everything is plotted out. Like that's definitely me. Um, but my wife also has like a bit of a crafting business as well on top of her photography. Like she's kind of got oh, like awesome. that side of things. So talk to me about that a little bit. Like where did that start? Was it a cricket that was the uh, the gateway drug <laughs> as, yep. as it tends to be? Um, so my mom is super artistic and crafty and she like makes greeting cards and all of this stuff. So it's always been around me as a kid. And so it's something I've always enjoyed. And then, yeah, she actually gave me one of her crickets many many years ago because she was upgrading and I just started to play Classic. and I, it's yeah and I'm super um science-based as far as like an engineer mind I like to take things apart I like to look at things so I always like to say that I'm not I'm not good at creating but I'm really good at reproducing so, me too I say the same thing <laughs> <laughs> so good like blank I, page I'm screwed but <laughs> yeah exactly but if I can look mm -hmm. at it I can do like people will send me pictures of things that they see online and I can make it perfectly just by looking at it yep. and figuring it out, That's kind of so reverse funny. engineering it. But yeah, just a blank page. Forget it. I'm not. Yeah. Right that. <laughs> so, I, I literally just have like squiggles. I've got like my iPad with this pencil. I'm like, I'm going to do stuff with this. And I get a blank page. I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm signing my name. I think that's what I'm doing with this thing. Exactly. <laughs> it's so stupid. I have just no idea. I couldn't be more lost with stuff like that. I see other people like just do little doodle and it's like this beautiful thing. Like people, some people get it like tattooed to their body. I'm like, I, I'm kind of wowed with my squiggles and it, it's smooth to touch, I guess. That's kind of, yes. that's kind of where I'm at. I love yeah. it. And that, that's hard too, because then I have the whole like imposter syndrome aspect of it of too. Of course. I don't feel like I'm actually creating anything. I'm just making things. 
but it works well as a business because a lot of times other people don't have that creative bone either. They just see something and that's what they want. Yes. And so uh, being here in Europe where Etsy is still a thing, but the kind of American approach to home decor is a lot different than the the German or European approach. There's no like farmhouse chic in Germany. Mm. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so that's good because I can so cater funny. to the American tastes and be able to help with that aspect of it. And then there's no crazy like long shipping delays or anything like that. People can just, I, I do all of my stuff as local pickup. Yeah. Um, so that and everyone can just come and get things and then I don't have to deal with shipping either. Uh, but yeah, just I do a lot of wood signs and anything I can cut with my Cricut t-shirts and vinyl designs and then the sparkly glitter cups that are really popular right now. And then mm -hmm. because I like to kind of reverse engineer things and stuff, I do a lot of tutorials. I've got a little YouTube and then like TikTok and things like that where what? I get to do tutorials for things. Send me so, the link. Send me this stuff because I want to make sure people can can check that stuff. I want to look at it as well. Like send me send me okay. all your stuff like that. And sure. I, yeah. And I, I have to I have to have my wife has to have a look at this as well. Like she it just loves it. And I have to like when I think about like Christmas and birthdays, it's like vinyl stuff like it's new cricket tools it's whatever yeah. else like that's it's just it makes it really nice as a spouse to have somebody who's into this sort of thing because it's like the the gift buying is so easy it's like there's yes. never an end to it you know no. there's so much which is maybe a little bit overwhelming there's maybe right. that side of it but at the same time you go like there's never a doubt you on like go wrong yeah really yeah and right. she added on like 3d printing to it so like i'm getting all these sorts of different colors for the whatever the it's filament. called the schools of stuff filament yep. that's the word yeah yeah so how is your like crafting space do you have like a dedicated kind of like room to it like what's and is it a nightmare or <laughs> yeah you have it actually kind of organized <laughs> yes yeah nervous um, laughter ensues <laughs> <laughs> so we got lucky and we have a four-bedroom house and so oh, wow. I, and it's it's germany so it's three stairs uh three stories and so the second floor, Josh has his office and then our bedroom. And then the, the third story is it's like a vaulted ceiling. So it's it's a big room, but only you can have to duck down for part of it. And mm -hmm, so I have my mm -hmm. office in there, which is now expanded into the spare bedroom because the borders have been closed for the two years that we've lived here, more or less. So we haven't had anyone come to visit. So we don't need a spare bedroom. Oh. So now that has and I and as my business has grown and it's still like super little and modest, I, but it's a lot bigger than we thought originally. So here you have to have approval to be able, like I'm a, a German registered business, but then I also have to have approval through the army garrison to also operate a business. It's really weird, but that makes sense. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So because of that, that like legitimized it. But unless I did that, I couldn't just sell stuff for fun. So mm -hmm. there, there's no happy medium. It's either you're a legitimate business. And I guess technically, you know, by the law, that's how all hobby crafters, once you make over what, like $600, I think in the U.S., you have to claim it as a business. Right. And so 
it's grown in that aspect. And so have the things that I've wanted to do because I like to learn and play. So I have a heat press and I have like five different printers and I have a laser cutter and I have a printer, but it's still in the box because I don't have time to figure it out. I keep telling Josh, like, you need to figure out how to do this for me. It's tough. Like, it's not you you plug it in and just hit print. Like, it's definitely like Chelsea, my wife, she she spent a lot of time just figuring like, why a bunch of prints were failing like even just test prints you you almost yeah. like there was like chess pieces she was trying to print i think that was like one of the first test things and just like it kept kept ruining it and she had one was a one was a i think a resin printer and the other one was like the spools and mm-hmm. the the filament one is definitely working out better for her the other oh, one good, not so much yeah you just see these videos of people that have gone like to work because they started a 24 hour print and they come back and there's just this mountain of expensive filament everywhere. I'm Seriously. like, I don't want to do that. That's yeah. Scary. And that is it. Yeah. You, you do, you look at the print time. It's like, this is a day, like you kind of hit go and like hope for the best, Yeah, you know? So, but once it now, like she's kind of got it down now, I think she kind of understands like some, some tricks of the trade, like the leveling and there's like a stickiness to the, to the surface that you're printing on. Like it's a whole thing. And I love that both you guys kind of have something like that they're like they're related but i think not but it's something that you can definitely like distract yourself from from work and learn about it and kind of obsess about it as well like maybe there's that piece of it like you can really like go down a rabbit hole with both of these things um yes and that resonates with me big time because it it is a very similar situation for my wife and i when the kids go to bed or when we're done work or whatever it's like we we both have things that we can do together but we also have something that we can just like go pour ourselves into for a number of hours um, and just kind of have that alone time for sure. Yeah, I think it's so important to to have a good balance, but have yeah. both because you do need to have that connection, but you also need that space. Everyone needs something that's just theirs that they mm-hmm. do and, and that isn't encumbered by someone else that can just be, and I don't know, like I like things a particular way for certain things. I'm a disaster. Like my, my craft room is right thing. It's a total disaster. Like I'm super organized when I have organized chaos. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was growing up. My mom, my room would be a mess and I would just look at my mom and say, ask me where something is. And I will show you in 10 seconds. There it is. Like I know where it is. It's just absolute chaos. Just nobody else does. Exactly. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Don't look at it. This makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Yes. So, I, yep. So being able to have things a particular way that I want them when the rest of my life is shared with someone else and I have to be considerate of the way that we both need to do things, that's nice. I can have my little mess. I So Josh is very, um, very clean and organized and minimal. Mm-hmm. And I'm very just like he, you know, the big joke is that I leave my napkins everywhere because maybe I'll need to use it and I just don't want to get rid of it yet. And then, and he's like one and done and and move on because he wants the cleanliness of it. So I've got like pictures that are just hilarious because there's his side of the living room that is very nice. And mine looks like, (laughs) you know, something blew up and then his side of the bed and my side of the bed, my side of the bedroom. It's just, everything is like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's good to have the, the difference of how, you know, the balance, I guess, of knowing that we do have community space that's going to meet both of our needs. And then I can just go and explode upstairs. Heck yes. Oh man. No, I, I, um, I get it. I a hundred percent is very, very similar. And I actually had very little doubt that that would be the case. 
Um, that's so funny. Hey, look, I've had so I can't believe it's like already just an hour. Like I've had an absolute blast chatting with you. Um, yeah, let me know. Is there an easy way to kind of like like verbally share like where people can find the the stuff that you're you're doing online, the Etsy stores and everything? So my on everything, I'm the Hoppy Doxy. So the and then Hoppy with an O H O P P Y and then D O X I E. So Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, everything is just the Hoppy Doxy, which makes it pretty easy. Very smart. Well, yeah, it's um, I, ha- I can't I can't imagine there's too many Hoppy Doxies out there. So you've landed on so what? <laughs> what is that? Well, I have to ask. What what's what's a Doxy? What's a Hoppy Doxy? So um, the name started a long time ago when my father-in-law got us a brew your own beer kit at home or like a a home brew kit and we made it and we were trying to figure out what we would call this beer so I could like make labels and stuff. And we have um, our dog Kiki is a doxy, a dachshund. And she likes to sit like a prairie dog on her back legs where she's sitting up like a little... uh, muskrat or something yeah and so josh came up with that like the hoppy like the hoppy of beer i love it Doxy. and then and then once i started my business he's like well just use that and so that it's super unique and it was easy to come up with um or i guess easy to adapt to something that was unique and fun and kind of meets the style like my dog is the center of my life and so it just works out really well for that so yeah i love it that's super cute yeah well meanwhile the rest of us are adopting world of warcraft or warcraft uh, names i think we because i think delroy is a world of warcraft thing i think i've got to talk to josh about that at some point it's actually I'm, i'm gonna give you a secret i don't know where it started but it's his middle name Oh, snap. Is it really? Okay. Oh, I was thinking there's also um, another friend in the community, Andrew. He goes by Eldorn. Um, I think oh, that's, that's one funny. too. There's there's a few others, but um, yeah, I, okay. I don't know when he started it, but it's it's his it's a family name. Yeah. And and it's his middle name. And yeah, it's his, you know, his gamer tag for everything oh. and all of that. So Hoppy Doxy is where everybody finds all the things. Uh, Brie, thank you so much for carving out time after goodness, yeah. you must be exhausted after eight mile hike. Goodness gracious. That it's not a quick thing. <laughs> so, it's fun. <laughs> and we're on opposite ends of the world, so it's morning for me. Yes. We're gonna I think we're gonna go skiing today. So we'll, I'll get my uh I'll get my Sunday kind of going here. So yeah, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Absolutely. This was fun. Couple different we the gamer cast in a row you guys i hope that you enjoyed that conversation i'm telling you since uh i recorded the intro to this to now you were listening to me talk to the hoppy doxy but i was actually talking to andros from nintendo pals i was recording a podcast just wrapped up with him that will be on next week's show so stay tuned subscribe do all the things make sure that you get next week's episode um, and I'm excited about that. Man, all those, all the links in the show notes for Hoppy Doxy, though. Go click on all the things. I've already uh, snuck a peek over at that Facebook page. And I appreciate what the show is becoming and what it will continue to become and that you guys are here. Gaming for Guru continues on. $1,200 raised for Bobby, in Bobby's memory, I should say. And I'm excited to get my, my stream on tomorrow. Play some games with you guys. Or having had played games with you. Because it's that's how time works. Um... Man, I skipped an opportunity at the beginning of the show to talk about the Batman. Watch the Batman with the Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels. 
and I love the movie. I don't care if anybody doesn't like it. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely adored it. So I just wanted to say that. And that's it. The clip that is going to close out the show um, is from If We Ran Nintendo. Bobby and I, we used to do a show called uh, If We Ran Nintendo. And instead of doing the old closer that we used to do, we're going to close out the show with a little clip. And actually what I think I might do as almost like a, a bit of a easy way to do this is I always enjoyed the way we closed out the shows. So here's a little here's a little treat for you guys. Um, at a certain point, I discovered that mentioning Kirby would uh, would cause Bobby to just shut the show down. So I think there's a little bit of that here. Bobby always had his catchphrase, peace out, Preston. And I always loved that. It became a bit of a signature for Bobby. And uh, so you get a bit of a taste of that. And that's how we're going to close out the show. We the Gamer Cast. If you guys have listened to anything that Bobby and I have done or anything Bobby has done and you want to have a clip featured at the end of the show like i feel like this is a really cool thing that we're gonna have here instead of just the the, the silly heavy rain thing that's gone um i'd love to say like you know josh stapleton submitted this clip and this is what it is and kind of introduce that and it'd be actually be a thing that you might even want to stick around for so here's a very cool clip thank you guys for listening to the episode make sure you stick around for next week and um i appreciate every single dang one of you okay bye-bye i think that would be absolutely huge that is the official that's my final answer bobby yeah, I say Insomniac is the mm-hmm. company. Absolutely, absolutely. So that is all. Oh, Thank okay. you guys for <laughs> you say it like that. I don't know. That's it. You're just like oh, okay. Well, all right. That is all. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. If we ran Nintendo, uh, you could give Insomniac uh, Kirby. Sorry to interrupt. Give him Kirby. I need to throw in my Kirby mention. You know what? Now it's got to get. Now we definitely are going. Um, you can follow Sean Capri <laughs> over on Twitter. Sean like Connery Capri like the pants. You can follow me over on Twitter at Nintendo Gurus. That is all. Peace out, Preston. I accidentally uh, adopted your sign off on the last Xbox Drive, Bobby. It was so embarrassing. And then Luke jumped Wait. right in. I said that is all. And then Luke Luke had a nice pregnant pause and he said peace out, Preston. <laughs> that is really- it. Yeah, he did. <laughs>